Hey everybody, welcome to We Got The Beats, the podcast devoted to teen entertainment of the 80s and beyond. We are on a summer break, I guess, but not really summer. Oh, what do we call it? It's like, it's not spring yet. We call it spring break. Spring break. Oh, it's almost a yeah. I don't know. Yeah, by the time it's airs, it'll probably be spring break for somebody, a college students or something. But um, I mean, it's March. It's practically spring. True. Uh, we made a... It's nice here. It's probably really nice where you live. Oh, it's a little rainy, but otherwise it's not too bad. Um, we're, we just ended season one. Our final of that was Adventures of Babysitting and Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. And we're kind of working on a list right now for season two. So in the middle, we decided we're going to do a few episodes about TV shows that were focused on main protagonist was either a teenager or it was a show specifically aimed at teenagers. It's kind of the same thing. It's really hard to find one that isn't. Um... Like what maybe Life yeah. Goes On maybe was more of an adult show or a family show where the teenager was the main focus. I'm trying to think of stuff. Yeah, it's kind of, I mean, it's one of those that's more nuanced. Like, I mean, the Gilmore Girls, is, it's one. Of, it's kind of fits that category too where it's kind of family, but it's, you know, it's like half of it's like kid stuff or right. teen stuff, half of it's adult. So there's there are shows that are a little more nuanced. Right. So, and it, it, so it's not going to be, about them. if you're like, oh, that's not the main character, but a big focus is a teenager. We're still trying. Like, I'm interested in Kid Detective because the secondary character, oh. the one who brings Adam, it's Adam Brody, right? Adam yeah, Brody? I just picked up my hold from the library, like, Saturday. So that's kind of good timing, too. Yeah, because it looks interesting because... Um, the secondary character, the one that saves him from whatever his grief of being a formal, brilliant kid detective, uh, brings uh-huh. him back on yeah, a case. She's, she's so that, a kid. Is she? Yeah. yeah. I think it would go well with like something like Veronica Mars or Mystery Team. <laughs> you know, where his teenager way Yeah. Yeah. I'm interested. I don't know that much about it, but I know it's the girl who uh, starred in The Book Thief. I don't know if you saw that, but she was really good. So we'll see what, you know, now she's a little older and see how Right, how and then there's like Freaky, I watched it yet. Freaky and uh, that the, the co-star is a teenager. So Oh, it, right. Yeah. So good that, one, too. Those are the kind of rules we're going with. Is It's a little loose. Like we said originally, this is just me about movies. I think the logo still says movies, but, you know, we're just going to bounce yep. around and talk about different things here and there. Yeah. Well, we can do what we want. Right, right. Um, there was one thing. I think I discussed this with you already, but I was like, hey, wouldn't it be cool to go get some like teen bop or what are we going to call them, magazines of the 80s and reflect back on whatever happened to these kind of people? And then I was like, I'm just going to uh-huh. look like a pedophile. There's no way I can buy this. So never mind. That's just like a PDI I mean, version online. Do those still exist? Yes. I don't uh, even at know. my store, we have a bunch of them. And that, that band from North uh, Burn the Stage is on the cover of like every one of them. I don't know what you're saying. Burn the Stage is a South Korean pop band. They're huge. Oh, my God. I just, today is the day I learned what BTS stands for. Oh, see, now you're never, pro- I'm probably the only person to say Burn the Stage. That's how I can tell I'm a cop. I never, <laughs> never knew. I mean, I don't know that. I don't know much that, about them, but I know they're really popular, but I've actually only ever heard of them referred to as BTS. So... That's weird, because... Do you remember when people started saying NKOTB? And we're like, what the hell is... Sure. Are you yes, saying new I kids do in the world? <laughs> don't do yeah, that. Yeah, you dumbasses. Don't do that. <laughs> All right, so let's get, anyway. to, let's get to the meat of this one. Uh, we're going to be discussing Square Pegs and Freaks and Geeks, and uh, the juxtaposition of those two shows... One is reflecting back to an era where Square Pegs is taking place, and yet, in, in about like Misfits and Outcasts, and yet so wildly different. 
Right. Well, I mean, one is taking place during the time period, and one is reflecting upon that time period, like much late, not much later, but you know, well, yeah, well, a couple Freaks decades later. So, yeah, Freaks and Geeks is eighty to eighty-one is when it's set, and then Square Pegs is eighty-two to eighty-three. And you know what the major difference is? Hmm. MTV. Freaks and Geeks looks like radio. Oh. Do you know what I mean? Like what you think of seventies radio, Fog Hat and stuff like that. And then you look at Square Pegs, and MTV's been around for a year now, and the colors are completely bright and wild, and the music's changed to new wave, and you just see that. It's it's all about the visual, whereas that really didn't seem to have much of an effect on Freaks and Geeks. Uh, yeah, I guess I kind of see what you mean. Like, the way that uh, they're... Well, you know, I mean, that is part of the characters that they're choosing to represent, though. I think that's part of it, too, is that the characters uh, in Freaks and Geeks are a very different... But we sh- can get into that later. Right, yeah, so... Uh, if, you know, I mean, the Freaks, just, the hip... Yeah, yeah, this is behind the scenes secret, but we're splitting this up in two different recordings because we're going to go watch Freaks and Geeks. It was a last minute decision. Um, but Square Pegs is also set in the city, whereas Freaks and Geeks is more of a suburb kind of thing, so there's different attitudes there. Yeah, also, I don't actually know where Freaks and Geeks takes place. <coughs> Excuse me. I mean, sorry, that Square Pegs takes place, but Freaks and Geeks also takes place in suburb of michigan yeah. in the 80s like that can be very different well, yeah square pegs was new york I, to me isn't it new york or chicago i mean i don't i really don't know it feels a little bit more uh, slightly less suburban i guess yeah then it's yeah um the problem with square pegs it, i give it the reason i want to talk about it is because it is kind of groundbreaking it was the very first tv show that i know of that dealt with nerd culture. You're talking about pop culture stuff, MTV, video games, Devo for Pete's sake. You know, there's a lot of what do kids really talk about? And the only problem is the show never, ever should have been geared as a sitcom. And that's where it's crippled because the laugh track and the fucking one-liners that I keep forgetting this show is not good. In my head, I keep remembering. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we keep. I keep convincing myself this is a good show, and then I go back to go. Damn it! It's so close to being good. It's so close to being good. Yeah. Uh, and I hate that. I think. <laughs> I think what what show actually accomplishes what they're trying to accomplish, sort of, is like Parker Lewis yes. actually accomplishes it, except for that they're not not exactly nerdy. They like are doing their own thing, but they're not. Sorry about that. Not exactly nerdy. Um, I accidentally pulled my uh, earbuds out of my ears. Um, oh. My bad. Um, so, I mean, I, is it the first show that, like, intentionally focused on a group of nerdy kids as opposed to, like, the cool kids in school? Because it seems like that... Well, I'm trying to think. What is it for this? I mean, there's Welcome Back Cotter where they were... They weren't nerds so much as they were just, like, outcasts. Like, they were the freaks part. How... I mean, I've never... I I don't honestly know that I've seen very many shows about teens prior to this. Like, and maybe there wasn't very many. Uh, but I feel like there's so many more after that, uh, like... I don't know, Head of the Class. Do you feel like Head of the Class is, like, a, a nerdier version of 
Welcome Back Cotter? I really don't know. Yeah, it's way... I've only seen Welcome Back Cotter a bit, and those are all, like, the lower... I don't know what to say. What does it call it? Like, the, um... Uh, not college... What's the exact opposite of college prep? <laughs> like, the... Damn it, there's a name Oh, are they it. more, like, working class community type Yeah, but they're the kids who are or... troublemakers and who didn't pay attention, who didn't very, do very well. And, uh, so it's... There, okay, so there's that... That was like the biggest one I think for a long time, and I think there uh-huh. was White Shadow, which is about bi- uh, basketball high school kind of thing. Huh, um, okay, never heard of that. Then there was Fame, which debuted when Square Pegs oh, debuted. Sure. So those were both in '82, and that seemed like the change. And I think it was okay. you started to see like teen hits start to pop up in the early '80s, and then MTV, of course, became just a phenomenon. Uh-huh. Um, it wasn't a phenomenon at first; everybody was talking about it, but it didn't become a hit. Really, until I want to say like the late '80s, early '90s. Once Real World came, are up, you talking about MTV? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because all it did was have music videos, but it was such a big influence on how things were edited and shot and the way people dressed. You know, bands had yeah. to look a certain way now. They couldn't just be good at their music; they had to look good on camera. Right. So that influenced throughout the '80s. Um, I think that's why Square Pegs and Fame got greenlit, is because. Not only was the teen thing starting to become popular, but also you have the movie fame, which was a hit, but not so big that it, they wanted to do a sequel. And then you have Ann Beats, who is coming off of uh, SNL. And so she's given- Okay, that explains so much, because I was going to say that I felt like that maybe the two biggest influences on the show are like MTV and SNL. Yeah. And Ann Beats was a much-loved writer on the show, and she left, of course, when everybody okay. left in 1980, and NBC okay. gave her this show. And, I mean, you only got to watch a handful this time around, but do you remember when Bill Murray came on to try to save the show? I mean, kind of. I think it was more retrospective than anything because I was just too young to really, you know, be on... Um, that be on my radar. Oh no, I meant like recently, like when we're watching him again when he when he popped. Oh up. sure. He, as far as I, I know, that's his like... only sitcom appearance. Uh, you know where he's actually has a script. You know instead of like when he shows up on SNL mm-hmm. anniversary shows, but he did it as a favor to her to try to help the show, and at least it finished its first sure. season. But it was it was just one of those things that didn't connect with people. I feel like she was directly trying to make. Uh, Jamie Gertz character Muffy like um, like one of the ladies in SNL. Oh, like something that um, Gilda would play? Yeah. Especially with like the, the facial expressions she would make. I mean, she was making facial expressions and like like uh, uh, delivering jokes in, in the fashion of live performance, like, to me, it felt like she was uh, working a stage uh, in, an, in a live audience instead of uh, a, a recorded television show. And so I, I don't know if she had any experience on stage. I mean, I know Sarah Jessica Parker did, but I don't know that any of the other kids did. But, but I, I mean, I literally just watched, like, five episodes this morning. Yeah. And it was just, like, her style. And I'm assuming that that's what she was directed to do, especially if it was one of her first jobs. Right. Uh, I'm telling you, listen, so, thinking about the fact that she's such yeah. a pain-in-the-ass nerd in this one. Um, but 
that she'd become like a leading, you know, sexy lady later. It's so weird to me. Who, Sarah Jessica Parker? No, I'm sorry. I thought we were talking. I got thrown off. I read something here. Jamie Gertz, uh, the fact that she's... Well, both of them actually were kind of nerdy, and they both turned out to be kind of sexual years. I forgot That's that. That's why but, I was confused. Well, no, 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 because uh, Jamie Gertz uh, became a sex... Uh, well, not, I don't want to say sexy, but like, you know, the kind of girl you'd find in the poster, you know, those teen magazines, you know, the, 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 the posing or whatever, and she's like, ooh, she's hot. Um, but Sarah Jessica Parker, I forgot. Oh. It took her longer, but when L.A.'s story came out, that kind of made her a thing. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if a lot of people know about her. I mean, I assume that a lot of people know that she was, you know, had started very young. But also she kind of, you know, reinvented herself at some point in her adult life, you know, mm-hmm. and then became the sensation that was Sex in the City, uh, which I have only seen one episode of ever in my life. It does not Um, something that appeals to me whatsoever. It doesn't, it's not something that appeals to me either. Um, But also, anyway, uh, so I actually did think that you were referring to uh, Sarah Jessica Parker, but it it applies to both, you're right. Yeah, it's, it's, okay, so I'm looking right here. Uh, The reason the show got canceled was not ratings. The ratings were okay, they weren't great, but it was like Nielsen rating a 58, which is, okay back then for a half hour sitcom um mm-hmm. but it got canceled because there was rampant drug use by the teenagers they said most of them were yeah. having just sex and, and drugs and they were out of control and when the head of embassy um did an investigation on this he pulled the plug because he thought that it was just going to be a disaster those kids were going to go like Odin or something you know yeah well i mean yikes it yeah. is the 80s well, yes. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, whoo, geez. I don't even know what to say about that, although it's sad. Um, I mean, as a boatload of, of teenagers, um, just, she revealed, I... oh, the, the creator of Revealed in 2005, I think that certainly there was some drug abuse or drug traffic that may have happened because I would say that it is norm for a set. Wow. It says Devo Devo member Gerald Casal. Why is a Devo member talking about the show? Oh, do you not know this? This is why I love Devo. This is how I really discovered Devo is because um, late one night on TV Land they started airing Square Pegs like it's Sunday at midnight or something like that. And okay. I caught the very first episode I ever saw was Devo, and I was like, "That song's really cool. I'm going to go discover more Devo." And that's, in fact, what wow. I talked to them about when I went and saw them live and met them uh, backstage. Is I, I discovered you guys through Square Pegs, and they were like astounded that's by cool. that. This one episode just so how... they there's an episode that they were like the, a band on the show. Yeah, or so it's Mitzi's Bar Mitzvah, um, or is it Bat Mitzvah? Uh... I think for a girl it's Bat Mitzvah, and she can have any band she wants, and she chooses Diva, which I'm going to tell you right now that does not fit with her character whatsoever. No, it does not. No, but clearly. Maybe... Uh, the label Warner Brothers had some sort of deal with the show to promote their new album, and uh, well, it didn't sell too well. So. so this is so this is what he says: the girls were out of control about about the drug use. They were using drugs, and they were making out, and they were coming on to us in a big way. They might have been fifteen or sixteen, but in their heads, they were already forty. I don't think, oh, I don't think there was a virgin on the set except for maybe a couple of the guys. Whoa! Come on, we all Boy. know Marshall Blackman was. A virgin. 
You know, I was watching a few of the videos on YouTube, uh, uh, like, years later, you know, uh-huh. and they were saying, like, that she said that, I think, the Amy, what was her name? A linker? A- the creator. Oh, the oh, creator Andy. That she had to, like, that she had to, like, fight for him because, or, what was it, that the, he, he, they almost didn't cast him because he was too old, but they were more in, more interested in having someone who could play the character right than it, he was, like, super, like, 22 or something compared to everyone else. Uh, are we talking about Johnny? We're talking the tall, blonde uh, guy. That's Merrick Oh, Duke. I'm sorry. It's yes. Okay. I'm, my apologies. Yes, that's what I meant. I'm sorry. Yeah, Merrick, uh, Merrick Nutrick is a very interesting character. He seems so effing strange. Uh, he was on this, of course, he's odd in this, but in general, every time I see him in a movie, and he wasn't in much because he died so young, but, um, he was mm-hmm. Captain Kirk's son in Star Trek 2 and 3, he was in Fright Night Part 2, um, a couple, like, Grindhouse kind of sleazy movies, but he was always just kind of odd, and he's really appealing kind of, uh, actor, but just, you know, died too mm-hmm. soon from HIV. Yeah. Probably from all that drug use. Um... Yeah, he is a really strange character, and in a really likable way, but just, like, you're very confusing. He doesn't like bright colors. It freaks him out. Uh, there's, like, one whole episode where he's just, where he's like, no bright colors. And they're like, don't look, don't look. <laughs> um, and his sunglasses and his whole, like, like way of speaking. And totally, totally. Uh, just, just, but just so, like, likable in his weirdness i was also i also caught a little bit of a video with tracy nelson um and claudette wells and they were saying how they did the interview together because they they uh met of course on the show their characters were best friends on the show but they became best friends in real life and they still are isn't that wonderful i it just charms me to that that's that's crazy. And it was so funny in the video. It was just like they were talking and they just kept interrupting each other like like constantly. And Tracy Nelson is like, are you done? Are you done? Can you stop? Inter-? It was like just like 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 friends would really do, you know? It was just like it was cute. Yeah. It's, it's... So can I just say, can I just say, okay, it's not that this show is terrible. However... I, I watched, like I said, I watched five episodes because that's all that was not blocked on YouTube. Isn't that weird? Almost every episode is on there, but then it says uh, cannot be cannot be viewed in your country or something. I don't huh. know. It was weird. Um, so maybe that's a recent thing. Anyway, the the, the 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 plot line in every episode was wildly disturbing to me. Are they like, desperate for was... popularity? They'll still do something stupid. No, not not like the basic plot line because oh, okay. that's normal. That's that because you know that people did shit like I that. I did shit like, like who, this all the I time. <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't gonna throw you under the no, bus. No, no, I'll throw myself yeah, under the bus. The very that very basic concept is is completely believable. But I'm saying within each episode. Okay, for example, I, episode number two is the school play one. The the drama teacher writes a musical about a teenage girl who's in love with their drama teacher, and they the plot actually has them kissing. Oh dear and lord! And how did 
how did this get past anyone else in the school and how did this man not get fired it's like so fucking disturbing i mean you know the how the, the network sensors might have a problem with this i mean one of the other students who like Vinny played the teacher so so it was actually like two teenagers who were playing the roles and kissing but the basic the plot I found so disturbing about an illicit love between a teacher and a student. Wow. Okay, and then there's another episode where it's the Halloween one, and Muffy basically forces their teacher to to have a party, for, let them have a party at her house. She then tells everyone who's invited that it's a slumber party, and first of all, what in God's name is that teacher thinking letting letting students come to her house? And why would this happen? And then it's a sleepover and they're all in their like like nightgowns. Yeah. And that was weird. then I that one. then a bunch of boys come over and then it's like and everything the teacher says to them is so disturbing. And she even forces them to play a game where they say they purposely and uh, uh, anonymously write negative things about each person in the room and called it the like the tough love game oh, or boy. whatever I don't even remember it's like and then I mean it's just every single episode I was just like oh my god like there's no way that this would get made now it's so inappropriate and then the episode where uh, what's her name Lauren is that her name Oh, her best friend? Uh, the one the, played by Amy Linker? Yes. Lauren is is in love with the janitor <laughs> who is filling, filling in her for his sick dad, and he's a young, hunky guy. So she decides, she becomes obsessed with him, but who else does? Their teacher. And then the the two of them are like, actually kind of fighting over the janitor like it's oh and then the teacher the teacher can see that she has a crush on him and then she starts being really shitty to that girl and i'm just like what in god's name is happening here? like <laughs> it's so different my I'm memories sorry, of the so, show are so different so, i haven't seen it in a long so time either clearly just, yeah. that was so that was the plot of three of the five episodes that I watched. The fourth episode I watched was about the school mascot. And if you remember that one, the school mascot was an Indian. Yeah. And they had a comp they had a competition right. over who was going to be the school mascot. Oh my god. Why is why oh is my... I'm still shocked. I, I apparently the Redskins changed the name. I don't pay attention to the football, but I was looking the other day and on the counter at work there's Red Man Chew. And I was like, this still exists? What the fuck? What was our obsession with naming things? I'm actually things really... And... Yeah. I don't know. I'm really surprised that... that of course, that's not a, a product that it, that the the world has come up, come again, uh, come, come at, you know? As opposed to, like, you know, Uncle Ben and uh, Aunt Jemima. So why haven't they done anything about that? That's my so messed up. Yeah, that's a straight they, insult. Um, yeah, uh, but it's it's weird thinking about how many height, sports teams were yeah. named after uh, Native mm -hmm. Americans, but never in a really positive sense. No, our um, the school map one. Well, we have a million high schools in our town, but one of the high schools 
had a whole big thing about having to change their mascot like two years ago. It was yeah. a very big, very big ordeal. Uh -huh. And like half the people are just like, this is inappropriate. And the other half are just like, you guys are overthinking this. But, you know, whatever. Um, it's still, you know, yeah, I agree with what you're saying. Like, it is really surprising. And it, it is super negative terminology. And uh, it was kind of disturbing that, like, Marshall's character nominates Johnny's character to be the to be the person to be the new school mascot. He, like, spins this whole... I mean, it's all lies about him being, like, you know, raised part of the time with his grandma on an Indian reservation when oh. he's, like, a straight-up white kid who's, like, Norwegian. Right, who wanted nothing and, to do with uh, this, so why didn't Marshall uh, audition? I know! He's know, the funny one. He's the overacting one. I know. And then, and then the, the you know, LaDonna is just like... You know, this, there's a scene uh, in, the, in the episode where she, with a school play, and, you know, they don't tell you exactly what you have to do. So some people are, like, singing, some people are doing, you know, uh, uh, like a scene, or she writes an original poem, and immediately, you know, it's talking about, like, her mom's experience or whatever, and the teacher's just like... Uh, what does he say? Uh, get down with your bad self. Oh, or boy. like, just like, you know, it's just like, so, just so stereotypical. She said in the video I watched that the, the two of them really bonded, her and um, Tracy Nelson really bonded over um, having um, a lot of struggles with their hair on the show and how Claudette Wells was told even at the, you know, even though these kids are like 15, 16 years old, they basically told her, you need to come back on Monday with your hair in braids and beads. You figure it out. Okay. <laughs> so she Jeez. says she's, so she's, she's like, I drove up and down on my day off, like in LA, Southside LA, trying to like find a salon that would do my hair. But why should a 15 year old first of all, have to figure that out. Right. Why didn't the hair and makeup team figure that out for her? What the hell were they, why were they treating these kids this way? I just feel like but, you it know, was so like, different back then. It just, it feels like they just used them as commodities and they weren't real people. They, they didn't have real representation properly back then. That's when parents were stealing all the money from the kid actors and shit like that. I, I think things are I, better now. Now yeah, now hearing, uh, you know, some of these or about these stories about you know behind the scenes and how things were really going on the show, it reminds me so much of all the stuff I've heard about Saved by the Bell. Yeah. Uh, and how, you know, it was like everybody was getting with everybody, and there was a lot of drug use and a lot of inappropriateness and a lot of just like ridiculous amounts of drama, and it's just like definitely being like used totally directed and used by these adults and uh i feel so sad for you know uh, the people and i'm sure it's a lot of them more than this you know on young people who who got into the entertainment industry um thinking it was going to be a lot of fun and you know money and excitement when they were just you know abused and treated like shit Wow. Yeah. It's it's no also wonder shocking a lot of to me. people quit the business. Yeah, I was gonna say that or, or end up just like you know the way the Corey's ended up.
But I don't want to end this on a depressing yeah. note, but I am truly shocked when I read that it was shot in L.A. Uh, I really honestly thought it was shot in New York. Or maybe Chicago. But I was guessing New York because a lot of these kids are Broadway kids, I'm guessing. And yeah. they just do a really good job of covering this. Because a lot of times I can tell. There's that set you always see in TV shows that's in like on the Warner yeah. Brothers. You know, the one that you see in Gilmore Girls. Yeah. and. And you see oh, the absolutely. one, you know how you see the one, I think they use it in Friends, where it's the street that never really has an end, uh, a normal yeah. end, it's just another building blocking off the end of the road yeah. and just kind of goes around in circles. Absolutely. You see that all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to see it in Sliders. I gave her Sliders, by the way, after waiting, what, four years to get it <laughs> for me to finish it. There's a whole season cool. where they use the same fucking set over and over and over and over and it'll drive you crazy. Um, what was the happy note I was going to end this on? Oh, <laughs> you know what? I didn't expect us to go no this long. I didn't expect us to go this long. So you know what? I am going to split this. Uh, Freaks and Geeks is so much to tackle on that one. I know it's going to take an hour or so. So you wanted to stop this one here and uh, make this a single episode? Yeah, sure. I'm sorry that I ranted so much. No, no, it's but, fine. I, just um... didn't, I wasn't sure I was going to be able to talk about Square Pegs. For me, it was different. I remember, uh, and mind you, this is when they re-released it on DVD with Mill Creek, I think about 10 years ago. I saw it uh-huh. again, and it was like, uh, I remember the Pac-Man episode, I remember the Bill Murray episode, the Christmas episode, Halloween, and uh, the one where Johnny starts a band, and their big <laughs> their big booking <laughs> that Lauren gets them is in a grocery store in front of the meat counter. Nice. <laughs> I, the only one of those episodes I got to see was the episode. The Halloween episode. Right. Yeah, so certain ones um, I remember. I didn't remember a lot of... I just... Some of the things that bothered me was the sitcom tropes. Having to have the one-liners drove me insane. Yeah. You and I joked about yeah. it when we first saw it. Is that I hate that. Or, um, totally, totally. Stuff like that. Where yes. they were forcing it as if they were trying to get it on t-shirts and kids saying it in school. Oh, yeah. I get it. Weird. It's like when you watch Perfect Strangers, um, and I was going, I don't remember him <laughs> forcing this so much. Like, he just kept saying, uh, don't you, for, or what is it, like, uh, you must be kidding me, get out of here, and then the Mopezy and Dance of Joy. Like, when they're trying to force shit down your throat is when it's annoying. Bazinga, anybody? Yeah. Bazinga? Well, you, you mean, like, uh, all the stuff with, like, Urkel? Yeah. <laughs> Why, the only show it ever worked for, in my opinion, is that 70s show. Every single one of those, uh, you know, catchphrases i love oh yeah i like good day i said good I day, said good day. <laughs> that's one we gotta tackle that seventy shows gonna be coming up on the show sometime but that's a long run and the same thing with gilmore did girls you, it's a long run did you know that you can buy uh square pegs for eight eight dollars on amazon yeah i thought about buying it and send it to you but I think we're good. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. last. Just no. kind of, yeah. It just doesn't hold up. It's interesting, but it's, it really is just a one-time watch for me. Yeah. I mean, you can see that a lot of these people have talent and, you know, aren't surprised to see some of them go on um, to, obviously, some people, some of these people are still, you know, have a pretty solid career on stage and screen now. But, uh, yeah, I, I just, I think this, Oh god, it doesn't it does not hold up well at all. It's super disturbing. So <laughs> all right. I guess if you want to have the creeps, watch it. If you want to see Sarah Jessica Parker continuing to be adorable and wonderful, go ahead and watch it. I but think Lauren is more entertaining. I Aaron, Lauren is my favorite character of the whole thing. I thought it would be Marshall. He's probably my second favorite, but 
I did, I did something about her character and the fact that you know that she had to put on those fake fucking braces and put on a fat suit oh, and stuff like that is like that's a lot of talent being like buried under Why all that. Why did her wear a fat suit? That's so dumb. Yeah, I don't know. She could, I guess, to yeah. juxtaposition between how thin Sarah Jessica Parker they wanted like a Mutt and Jeff kind of thing, I guess. Oh, Evey, that's a whole nother problem. Yeah. Okay, let's wrap it. Uh, All right, we are on Facebook under Hit Rewind. We're part of that podcast network, and uh, we try to do episodes every two weeks, so hopefully we'll get the freaks and geeks down. It's easier to do a one-season wonder, because, yes. you know, unless it's one of those, like, uh, like head of the class. We could probably watch an episode from each season and get the gist. That's easier. But, when sure. it's, but like, Gilmore Girls and Buffy and, and Veronica Mars, where it's long arcs, that's the harder one. Yeah, but lucky for you, I've seen every episode of all those shows. Yeah, but I haven't. I don't remember anything about Veronica Mars except the reason why I bailed on season three, and I don't remember a right. single thing from Gilmore Girls. Well, we can revisit that. We can have a conversation about it later. We will. All right, so that is okay. it. Uh, everybody, have a good night, and Mindy, send us out with something. Um, waka waka waka. <laughs> Pack my fever.